This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. We move forward with our creative goals, but most of the time with a reference to the past. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. If this is your first time here, or you've been enjoying this podcast series for a while, I sure hope that you're subscribed in your favorite podcast app. It doesn't cost you anything. And you'll never miss an episode. I'm in the neighborhood of Vancouver, BC, known as Yeast Van. Just celebrating their fourth birthday, Off the Rail is a brewery that has been sticking to traditional recipes, yet they're not afraid to experiment from time to time to create some new classics. Uh, My name is Steve Forsyth, and I suppose I'm the owner-operator of Off the Rail Brewing. Uh, My name is Mike Evans, and I'm the head brewer in operations for production. Sweet. And uh, we're off the rail. Uh, where does that name come from? Uh, the name comes from our stint or my stint, I guess, at the Railway Club for many years in my uh, past history. Mm-hmm. So when we were looking for a name for the brewery, I sat down and had a, a roundtable discussion with a few people. And someone just said, well, where's your history? And obviously, 28 years at the Railway Club was a history. And he just came out and said, off the rails. Yeah. And which we, of course, shortened to off the rail brewing yeah, company. Yeah. And uh, it kind of makes sense because uh, uh, where are we located in Vancouver at the moment? Because we're kind of close to the port too, right? Is, is there kind of a tie? Right here? Yeah. Um, I suppose that yeah, there could be. Mm-hmm. There's always a tie if you want there to be one. But, you know, realistically, we're, we're close to downtown. We're close to tracks, either side, all sides, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's say there's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when did you uh, open your doors then? Well, we opened, uh, was it February 15th? Mm-hmm. In uh, 2015. So coming up, uh, what is that, four years? Four years. Four, four years, years this weekend. In that time then, um, like, what was what was it like when you opened your doors on day one? Like, what was, what was the community's response? When we opened for the public, it was, we had already sort of hashed out how things are going to work. Because mm-hmm. then Steve and I started assembly the August prior. Right. So we started brewing that January and did some problem solving, some bug fixing, and um, by the time that we opened in February, we had a full line of taps, but it was a little bit easier to go in that way. Yeah, yeah it was um, It was beautiful. I think four years in a row, three years in a row, we've had beautiful weather for our anniversary. So we've been, uh, been fortunate that way. Um, I think it went pretty smooth. I think a lot of people were looking forward to it. You know, we were obviously just down the street from Bomber too, who's got their fifth anniversary at the same time. Uh, so we're starting to create a bit of a, an area already for people to come and, and try new beer. So we're in the right right spot. It's so like off the top of your head, do you know what brewery number you are to open in Vancouver at that time? No idea. But no I idea. think that we've fallen to what Blair refers to as a third wave. Probably. Because the first wave was parallel. Right. 
for people bringing equipment up from overseas. Mm -hmm. So parallel started and then they had lots of problems with their first round of gear and then bomber got from the same mm -hmm. and it's a little better. And then we were the third wave and uh, ours was pretty good because mm -hmm. they keep on improving every, every time. Right. But since then there's been probably four or five more, like they're opening monthly. And there's, there's definitely some waiting in the wings at the moment. Seems yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's the size of the brew house down there? 2000 liters. All right, cool. And uh, that's obviously expanded since day one to, to some no, extent. No, no the no, brew house no. stay the same. Oh, I mean the capacity uh, for the tech for fermentation. Brewing capacity. Yeah. We've yeah. got, we've got two new six, well, not new anymore, but we had to add two 6,000 liter tanks, mm -hmm. fermentation tanks to, to, uh, to kind of up, up the level a bit. All right, cool. And then my favorite question, Mike, is uh, how did beer find you? It a uh, long time ago, man. It was, uh, I was started as a cleanup kid at a little brewery in London when I was like 17 mm -hmm. and uh, it, it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the only jobs you could get that would allow you to take a lot of time off because I was doing other things at the time. But, and when I moved here in the early nineties, I just started, I was running a brewery and kits full time. And then that place uh, closed down because of rent and then, I ran another one for 12 something years and then Steve approached me and I've been here since then. All right. And then how, how did beer find you, Steve? Um, well, I suppose it, I, I, I found beer as a very young man. Uh, then throughout the years, I guess, um, the railway club kind of helped me to sculpt the taste for, for certain types of beer. So yeah, it's, it's been long in my history, I guess you could say. Okay. And so then what was the driving force then to open your own brewery? I think the main thing, well, one of the main things, I mean, when I, when we stopped, um, the railway club, when we sold the railway club, I started uh, a hop farm, went from a hop farm, started making beer because I had extra hops. Turned out that I, I thought the beer was good. And, and I have to, you know, you always have to trust your own judgment with beer. Everybody's different. Uh, and so I started to, once that point reached, then I decided I would uh, put together a business plan to start a brewery. And, um, my wife gave me my blessings and here we are. <laughs> right. I'm in conversation with Off the Rail. I just wanted to take a moment to thank the BC Ale Trail for making this episode possible because Vancouver's craft beer scene has exploded in recent years. And with 30 breweries within the city limit, it can be pretty daunting to even know where to begin to explore. Thankfully, the BC Ale Trail has you covered with the Vancouver Ale Trail. On the website at bcaletrail.ca, you'll find recommended itineraries for each region of the province, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar with beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other activities the area has to offer. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or being a tourist in your own backyard, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. All right, let's jump back into the conversation with Off the Rail. So uh, what, are, what are the typical styles that you tend to focus on? Steve and I both agree that we like to do things uh, traditionally. As, as our as our main sort of setup for beer, it's like the parallel, the IPA, mm -hmm. the Pilsner Lager. Mm -hmm. They're very true to style as far as like it's classic English style parallel, and it's made, you know, it's not like you, a lot of them you find. It's mm -hmm. it's true to its style. Outside of that, we um, we do all different things. Like we've done everything from. Well, I guess what we won't do is sours. Everything else is on the table. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you know, I think, I think um, Mike's right. We do traditional style beer. We obviously 
are, are doing a pretty good job at our English style ales. Canadian Brewing Awards tell us that. Yep, yep. We, you know, love IPAs too. Obviously love American IPAs, different types coming out now, yep. more these days. And we just, you know, really it, it's, I think both Mike and I have a passion, a really passion for brewing what we consider good beer. You know, that's always subjective, but, um, but the beer is the most important thing here. It's, it, we're not about, I mean, we're about our own beer culture and sharing that with people. Uh, I don't consider us trendy. I consider us traditional. That's kind of mm-hmm. what we do. I mean, one beer off the top of my head uh, for me that kind of stands out that I'm quite familiar with is um, the one with uh, lemongrass and uh, the Raj. Yeah, yeah Raj. The Raj. Uh, how, uh-huh. how did that? How did uh, that beer come about? Well, Raj used to uh, own the the space behind us, the other side of the alley. Raj, Raj is a, a man, a, a, an East Indian man who uh, was, became a good friend of ours. Yeah, he was when we were building the place. He was always there to help with forklift or just letting us put stuff in his warehouse. Or, good neighbor. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really good guy. Yeah. And um, we we asked him if we could do anything for him, and he just kind of made a joke about, "Oh, I don't know, just name a beer after me." And then Steve went R and D up the the Raj mm-hmm. batch with like lemongrass and lime leaf in it. And uh, it didn't take a lot of extra tweaking. So we put it big scale, put a label together and the whole backstory, and then got his uh, his okay with it. And he mm. was super happy with it. And then won a gold medal with it. And it won a gold medal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he he kept an empty in his delivery van for like a year, just showing all his friends and his clients and stuff. This is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember at one point he had relatives here from from India. And he says, Steve, go get me a bottle of that. So I pull out a, a couple of bottles of the Raj and he shows it to his relatives and they all start laughing. And he points to the picture on it. And he says, hey, that's me. <laughs> very, very proud. Very proud of his beer. And uh, are there any other neighborhood beers that, uh, that uh, you've, you've made? We do the uh, East Van um, collab beers. Mm-hmm. Like that's, we've done two of them now. Yep. This year it was hosted by, uh, by Bomber. And uh, the year prior to that, it was hosted by Cole Harbor. Mm-hmm. So we've done those. We're supposed to be doing a collab with Bomber, just the two of us, but we haven't, we haven't, haven't done it yet. We and they're just right keep across talking the street. About it and just, <laughs> just right across the street. And yeah, yeah, it will work out at some point. We will get it done. It's just, it's timing. Yeah. Um, do, is there a beer pipeline between your brew houses to make this collaboration yes, happen? Yeah. 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 We can't across, tell you where it is though. Okay. Across the street. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so, uh, in terms of where are we going from here, are you guys kind of happy with size at the moment? I mean, you do have some bombers. Um, are you canning, um, yep. is, is there growth in the packaging line? I, I, I think I'll, I'll feel this, this one, because I, I think that we're, um, you know, we're, we're four years in now, uh, obviously we, we'd love to see, um, see ourselves at capacity. We're not at capacity. We can still brew more. We don't have to move anywhere. We don't have to expand, um, like some other breweries are doing we're we're i think we'll be fine once we hit that capacity and we'll just keep um, putting out the beer we're putting out on a larger scale we do can we've got a uh, a canning line a portable canning line from cask that's perfect for our size bombers we're keeping and uh we're actually getting out of the 355 mil bottle business okay they're keeping tall bottles the 650s and we're keeping tall cans and then uh 355 mil cans is going to be the formats we're going to use sweet and then like distribution is uh pretty wide across the city in terms of uh you on tap and yeah establishments yeah i think so i mean we would also like love to have more listings with the um bc liquor control board and we're working on that all the time uh but we've got a lot of really great faithful clients, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're happy at this level. 
and just it's it's comfortable and it's and it's sustainable right for for you guys uh yeah pretty much pretty yeah. much it's it's sustainable in terms of, of what we can do with the equipment we have mm-hmm. um, in terms of product volume we still have room to improve and we still have room to get bigger mm-hmm. within our own facility right yeah i think we could stand about a 25 percent growth without hitting um without putting ourselves in a position where we're frazzled mm-hmm. which i suspect we'll see by end of march but Right. Everything I've been hearing. So. I want to be frazzled. I like frazzled. I don't. Frazzled's good. <laughs> I'm already frazzled. <laughs> so uh, beer is really taken off here in BC, and like uh, we were kind of, you know, I was kind of saying beforehand, like I, like I went up north, and like there's a lot of stuff up there now. Um, like just from your perspective of just seeing stuff in Vancouver, like how much has beer changed in the four years that you've been open? You think BC wise, just, just the four years Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, before that, I mean, we had a long, we had a long way to go just to, to open a lot of doors. I think, you know, mm-hmm. you know I, I compare it to watching the state and in Oregon state where we always had to go to get great beer. Mm-hmm. Um, things started to turn around here a bit, I think. And, uh, once the government opened up the doors for microbreweries and tasting rooms, mm-hmm. it really took off. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, a lot of restaurateurs are getting into the business because they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a awesome time to be in our climate. If you're a beer lover, mm-hmm. I think it's great. There's so much to choose from. Uh, there's a lot of great brewers in, in our community. Yeah. I know BC is definitely still kind of leading the pack. I think, I think we represent like a, Last year at the uh, Canadian Brewing Awards, it was in Halifax. And all the awards handed out, I think that BC uh, was home to over 50% of them. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the province was the other, or, or the country was the other 50%. So we're still doing a pretty good job. And uh, I mean, just not to get too political, but uh, we need to get beer across the provincial lines to uh, other places too, don't we? So without the, yeah. without the levies and the surcharges, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that that may that may happen. It has happened for some breweries already. No. Um, so in terms of uh, going down this path uh, of opening up your own brewery, what would be some advice you'd give somebody just getting into the planning stages of it? <laughs> Hindsight, eh? Um, hindsight's awesome. Um, I would suggest if anyone was considering to start one, to talk to as many operators as they can about what they would have done differently when they set up. Save yourself a lot of headache that way. I would also say that there's no point in going in on a brew house. It's anything smaller than seven barrels or, or eight hack. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, same amount of time to make that much as there is to make 2,000 liters. Yep. So, my, my advice, My advice would be? get more money, <laughs> um, get bigger storage. So you have your coolers and it's big enough to handle. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to mm-hmm. go offsite with your storage and know your, know your production, know what you're going to do, whether you're going to package, whether you're just going to be a, a lounge, whether you're going to be a brew pub, know how you're going to package and how you're going to sell your beer. Maybe take a part-time job at city hall. and uh and who's uh inspiring you in the beer scene doesn't necessarily have to be in vancouver but uh like who inspires you guys to kind of kind of stick at what you're doing or you know or different ideas that come up there's so many great breweries now i mean there's uh i'm all sort of thinking about the just across the border in the u.s and Mm -hmm. there's such like there's high quality happening down there, like really, really exceptional. Mm-hmm. So I, my, my hometown of Bellingham there right across the line. Yeah. They've yeah. alone. They got like 15 yeah, fantastic. Four, yeah. Four, yeah four, 14 breweries there. Now. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there's, there's a couple, everything I've ever had from say Pelican mm-hmm. in Pacific city in Oregon yep. has yep. been, uh, that just 
a notch better than everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the smaller breweries, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I've been to a whole bunch down there. Like mm-hmm. it's just the names I don't remember, but well, Fremont comes to mind. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the ones have been around a while, like um, Boundary Bay and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but there's so much happening and the people like people are just kind of changing the, the dynamics and like green flash was, was one that comes to mind as far as when they first put out their, like the green flash IPA, they kind of mm-hmm. changed how we thought of a Pacific Western mm-hmm. IPA. Yep. And so guys like that, they're still changing. Like they're still cutting edge. I think there's way more uh, experimentation going on now. Um, I think some is terrific. Some is, is um, not as terrific. And I think, you know, it's kind of, to, to me, I liken beer to, to food like, or, or a brewer to a chef. So, you, you know, you can do some things and, and you can mix and you can, and you can match and you can use new hops, mix your grains, um, but it's got to work. It's got to work. You know, you make it once and if, it, if it's not good, you don't make it again. So you've really got, you know, the experimentation is fun. Um, again, we go back to what we do with traditional flavors. Mm-hmm. I was in the Czech Republic last year and just had the best Pilsner in Cal in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, and uh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Big thanks to the guys at Off the Rail again, and happy birthday. Well, belated birthday now. It was just before their birthday weekend when I recorded this episode, so it's it's been their birthday now, so happy birthday. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast, and I do hope you subscribed in your favorite podcast app. doesn't cost you anything, and you'll never miss an episode once you do that. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share and tell a friend. You know you got that beer friend that hasn't listened to podcasts yet. They'd like to hear it. If you want to follow this podcast series on social media, you can by going to facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. I'm on Twitter at Cascadian Beer and on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. For more episodes and more info, you can go to the website Cascadian.beer. Thank you so much again for listening. I really do appreciate it. Your time means a lot. And until next time, remember, support your local.